season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. It's Pat and JT on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, this is. It's Friday, as you're listening to this, it's Friday. <laughs> it's a week before Christmas. Uh, it is a week as before Christmas. As a matter Christmas. of fact, it's also my parents' anniversary. Oh, Gene and Judy, happy Gene anniversary. And Judy, 60 years. Holy cow. Right? Pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty cool. So uh, actually, stepping out to dinner. Yeah. Six feet apart. <laughs> no, we're, but we are stepping out to dinner. Um, and uh, yeah. Round the bend? Yeah. Some... Uh, Fold some testicles? No, we're not going to have that. I don't think. You're not? I don't think so. You have to. I have to. It's like going to Olive Garden and getting a, just a salad, it's no true. pasta. It's, well, that's true. It's like if you go to King's and you don't get the onion rings, right? Oh, 100 Remember or, those? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, here's, this, we'll here's the deal. We need to we'll stop talking about food. Dish. We always talk about food. We need to stop talking about food. Whatever. Because my 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 shirt, actually shirt that I'm wearing right now, this yeah. is the shirt that I talked about earlier that was called the Bridge the Gap shirt, which is because I'm now- it's very forgiving. I, I used to be a medium. <laughs> now I'm a large. This is Now I'm feeling very comfortable in my Bridge the Gap shirt. I want to go back to my mediums. See, that's that's how they get you. They, they start, it's like when you, you've heard of boiling the frog. Right, and you oh, have yeah, yeah. you have really low heat. Mm-hmm. You don't really realize, and you're just comfortable as can be. And then all of a sudden, you realize, what have I done? My whole wardrobe was mediums, <laughs> and like the last three months, I started buying some larges just to get me by. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm not fat. I feel fantastic. And Beth's like, what size are you wearing? I'm like, it's large. <laughs> it's like, okay. So you weren't switching out seasons. You were switching so out the sizes. sizes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've got, got like six shirts that I'm wearing right now, and they're all they're L's. <laughs> That's funny. For did you order the the company shirt yet? Did you put in your size? Oh, uh, yeah, I sent him, and I said oh, L. You did? Heck yeah, I did. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. You uh, want to wear it? Because I want to <laughs> wear it. <laughs> I don't want it just sitting on a shelf. Son of a bee. Okay. Uh, okay, good. so uh, Heard at Media, we have a ton of podcasts that we produce and that we work with and that are on our network. And one of our favorites is, it's called Shelter in Place. Mm-hmm. And Laura is the host, and uh, she is nice enough to join us today to talk about life, talk about everything. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hi. Great to be here. How are you? Good. Have you met Jill yet? You know, I think, Jill, you were on the phone when we were, t- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when my family was driving across Nebraska this past September, uh, we were traveling from California to Massachusetts, where I am at the moment. And I think you were on that phone call, which was a conference call. My husband, Nate, was driving. I was holding the phone on speakerphone, and our th- I think our kids were probably watching some video in the back seat. Well, and yeah. that was our big <laughs> meeting with her. With that her was dad. our was- first meeting with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, and you are correct. I was on that call. But that was, what, three months ago? Yeah. I, I mean, anymore, and, and it's hard kid, to keep kids being in a van and mm. driving any distance longer than an hour, they're watching if they're not watching a video, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? To heck with screen Thank time. Thank you right. for affirming all of my parenting. A <laughs> hundred. <laughs> like, when I hear parents on, like, on social media, especially oh. during quarantine, we stick to a one hour of screen time. Like, yeah. you know what? Shut yeah. up. Well, then you no, get what I'm you deserve. <laughs> Mr. Rogers is your, is your friend. In the That's pandemic. right. <laughs> yes. Exactly right. Thank you, It's the only Jobs. way you can see him. That's right. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Before we get rolling here, uh, in your words, kind of describe 
your podcast and, and how long, first off, what episode are you on right now? So we are in season two and episode 13 just came out today. Mm-hmm. And I should say season one started the day that the pandemic began in the Bay Area, which is where home has been for me the last 16 years. And really quickly, the backstory on that is I had, you know, I heard that we were going to be sheltering in place I knew on March 16th that the very next day we'd begin doing that. My three kids were home from school. I have young kids. They're eight, uh, well, let's see, eight, six, and three now. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'll do a podcast, a daily podcast, six days a week. This will be like a three-week project. I, I should say I'm a writer. So I've been writing for many, many years. That's kind of mostly fiction, but uh, I had been working on another podcast. So I kind of knew a little bit enough to get started. And I thought, you know, I'll do 18 episodes. It'll be just this nice little project to mark this moment in history. And that'll be that. And of course, we all know how that turned out. Uh, Four months later, I had 100 episodes. (laughs) Yeah. And my life had changed drastically in that time, not just because of the podcast, but really shelter in place in many ways is the story of how my family's life just completely got turned upside down in the pandemic. And season two, which began in September, we're calling pandemic odyssey because it's the story of how Mm. we just kind of got to a breaking point with our lives in California. And we very, very suddenly decided to make the huge trip across the country We took about a month doing it and we're now in Massachusetts in a small town by the name of Hamilton where my husband grew up. And really the reason we're here is my parents, uh, my, not my parents, his parents are here and we just needed support with the kids. And it got to a point where we, we needed to do something drastic. And so that's, that's all sort of the backdrop of shelter in place, but really, um, the quick way to talk about what the show is about is it's a podcast about coming together in a world that pulls us apart. And while storytelling is very much at the heart of it, it's really about looking at this time when we are so divided as a nation and trying to figure out how to bring people together in meaningful ways. And, you know, in conversations that we might not have in our regular life, certainly not now in the pandemic, but even before that, And trying to find real points of connection to be able to, you know, find some shared values to move forward and hopefully find a a more hopeful future than what we've been living right now. What's crazy is that think about Mm. like a year from a year ago Mm. that you're living your life. Husband's Mm. got a year. You guys are just in it in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And now a year from then. Northern California. Sorry, Northern Pat, California. I got correct you on that. And that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> you know, the NorCal, SoCal thing. No it's real. Cal. It's, seriously, it's like people saying, do you have cows when they call us? Like, right, yes. Because we're in Nebraska. And every, well, you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. To me, they give you in, one when you're born. You're all in Orange County, SoCal. For me. No, um, no. But like, thinking, and a year ago, you guys were living your life in NoCal. Mm-hmm. And now you're in Massachusetts in a small town yeah. where your husband, Nate, grew up. It's like, did you Pock ever- Ah, right, no doubt. Right in the car, carport, <laughs> yeah, not a garage. <laughs> what, um, like, did you ever imagine that you'd be living on the East Coast? I mean, period. It's crazy. 
No, I, I really didn't. And, you know, it's interesting doing this work now, even because I was just talking to my husband this morning and saying, you know, I, I feel like in some ways what we're doing with shelter in place, I should say my husband very quickly, you'll hear this if you listen to season one, but he lost his jobs about uh, his job about two weeks into the pandemic uh, eventually ended up coming to work with me on shelter in place and is now doing that. And so you're his boss in like at boss. home I and know. on the podcast. Did we ever think that would happen? And Speaking of things that I never thought. He's here. He was the breadwinner before this. So, right. so now you're his boss and you're his wife. That's awesome. Yeah, he's the manager for the, for the talent. I love it. Right. <laughs> Poor Nate. Poor That's Nate. Awesome. He will tell you that I'm usually a good boss. Mm-hmm. Not always. I love that. Usually. Because he has usually. to remember the wife yeah. part. Nice qualifier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but to answer your your question, Pat, to get back to that, uh, you know, I, I've lived in California and Oakland for the last 16 years, but I am, I'm a Midwest girl at heart. I spent the first 25 years of my life in Minneapolis and grew up actually spending a lot of time in Nebraska. Um my dad is from Nebraska. That's where my grandparents were. And um, actually the episode that just came out yesterday for Shelter in Place is all about my grandparents and Nebraska and their, you know, just mm-hmm. how formative that was for me mm-hmm. that I spent so much time there as a kid. But I've really had this very interesting experience of growing up in the Midwest. You know, I went to college in Wisconsin And my family now is in Wisconsin and Minnesota still. And I have seen just what good people there are in the Midwest. And I very much still feel like a Minnesota girl all these years later. And also I've now had the experience of Oakland, California, really feeling like home and knowing and loving that place. And now here I am in a third place on the East coast, so different than either of those places, but really seeing in each of those you know, there are good people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we look at our world, it's easy to think, man, we're so different. We have nothing mm-hmm. in common. We get told that and over and over. That's it, the thing we, that, we do, right? We constantly get told that. And it, it is true that there are differences, right? I mean, we, we value different things. We disagree about things. That's bound to happen in life. But what I have found both in my life experience and in the conversations I'm having in Shelter in Place is again and again, it doesn't really matter what people's politics are. There are a lot of things we can connect over and not superficial things like really deep, meaningful, beautiful things in life that we are all searching for meaning and purpose. And, you know, we want to be safe and we want to feel connected to people. That's all true, no matter who we voted for in the election or where we live in the country. Without a doubt. um, and, And that's what it drives me crazy when I keep hearing about, all the isms that are going on and and things that we're so divided nation and we need to come together and heal. And it's like on a personal basis, I'm not feeling that. I mean, on there, you know, when you get an opportunity to have that one-to-one conversation, that's when you see all the things that you have that are in common mm-hmm. and right. you're dealing with the same stuff. If you're from the same area in particular, yeah. you're dealing with the same stuff. You're, you're going through this together and it just, it makes me, I get mad when I see that driven home so harshly because I think that we are much more connected or would be, would be if we were allowed yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, but the, the pandemic, you're absolutely right, though. It's, it's hard to find community. Yeah, um, it is. And, and who yeah. wants to get on another Zoom call, honestly? I, you know, God. Right. I mean, I, I am grateful that we've been able to have that as a way to connect. And also, I think most of us have 
really hardcore Zoom fatigue. I am so tired of it. I had a regular phone call the other day and I couldn't have been more grateful. I was just like, I am so sick of, I'm I'm mad that I'm comfortable with a Zoom call now. (laughs) I used to be, I used to cover my camera up on my laptop with tape. Now you're like, whatever. Electrical tape. I had black electrical tape. I totally did that. (laughs) Because I was like, they're watching me. And now I don't even, whatever. Please watch me. (laughs) Somebody pay attention. For the love of God, pay attention to me. You know, I, and, and during this whole, this whole, the quarantine and the, the kids being home from school yeah. and, and t- parents having to become teachers, mm. if, if anything, you, I, personally, I have gained a new respect and I already, I always had respect for teachers. Right. But, oh yeah. But being, having to do, and what you guys did, being full, working full time and teaching kids at the age you have kids, Laura. Yeah. I mean, my kids are 18 and 15. Yeah. I can't imagine being a being parents with multiple children under the age of ten and yeah. having to, to to facilitate a full time job plus teach them. Well, it's un- unbelievable I, what you guys have had to do. It really and let me just interject this too because most everybody that's in that position they didn't come into this thinking they're going to be teaching their kids. No, so there was no, no preparation way. for that, right? No. Oh yeah. I just, I t- I've always I said if I had to be to teach, I said this like years yeah. ago, that if I was a teacher or had to teach my children anything, they would be like legitimately way behind. Disadvantaged. Very disadvantaged. <laughs> because I'm not well, a let teacher. Let me tell you, right? That's <laughs> right. why we have teachers. <laughs> yes, that's, exactly. That's and so you you plan to send them to the professionals. hundred percent. to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, so you guys I mean, are incredible. I, on a serious note, I, um, when was it? Two weeks ago, the episode I did two weeks ago, it's an episode called The Lotus Eaters. And I, I would encourage all of you parents out there to listen <laughs> It's really, um, I, I have a wonderful educator on there, Susan Weisbauer. She's sort of a legend in the homeschool world, but has become somebody that, you know, the rest of us have now become aware of as well now uh, because of the pandemic. And it's really the story of my eight-year-old son and, you know, who was just really, really struggling in school, even before the pandemic and how you know, we've, we've kind of had to make this decision to move across the country in a lot of ways because of him. I mean, it was other reasons as well, but that was a big, big factor. And I think, you know, all of the parents and the teachers, I mean, I feel for them equally, it's, it's a tough, tough time. I mean, how it's not like there's a great answer out there that, that we just haven't done yet. It's like, it's just legitimately a really rough situation for everybody involved. Well, making a move like that, um, wasn't easy for you guys. No. I mean, it wasn't, it's not easy. There are, there are a lot of people who simply can't, um, but there are a lot of people also that this doesn't affect them the same way as it mm-hmm. does the rest of us right. because they can leave and they can yeah. go to their vacation home or they can right. go somewhere. And it's like for most Americans and you guys had to take on that, that had to be a, a huge burden. I mean, seriously, cause it's not easy. Um, I'm no. sure you planned for it, but it's like you, nobody's planning to do that. Right. You weren't planning to uproot. Not at all. And in fact, we made the decision and 48 hours later we were packing mm. and 10 days after that we were on the road. It was that fast. Wow. Goodness. And I mean, we were very, very lucky that 
we, two days after we made the decision, some dear friends of ours, we found out they were needing to rent a place and wanted to rent our house. And so that just kind of snapped wow. into place very, very That's quickly. Awesome. That, 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 was that, that kind yeah, of lets I mean, you know I, it's meant to be. I mean, yeah, when stuff exactly. like that happens, you know, exactly. that's, what's it called? Serendipity? Synchronicities or whatever you want to call it. Whatever movie, <laughs> right? whatever <laughs> whatever movie from the 90s we're talking about. Something like that. Right. You know, your your podcast itself, too, let me just so people get a better feel for it, because you mentioned particular episodes and what you talked about. Do Is it necessary to listen to it in order or can you skip around and each episode covers a specific topic? Yeah, that's a really good question. I have intentionally sort of done both. So I would say if you want the whole story, it's definitely great to go back from the beginning. I think especially of season two, season one, I think it's a little different um, just because it was evolving as we did it. I had no idea when I started that I would do a hundred episodes. That was just, you know, I I probably (laughs) wouldn't have done it if I'd known, but season two in particular, you can certainly pick up episodes and jump right in. And, and I would say, go back to the beginning. You know, if you, if you listen to an episode and you like what you hear, then go back and hear it from the beginning because it will give you a lot more context for the story of just, um, not that you can't understand it, taking it out of order. You certainly can, but getting a little more depth to, I think, you know, the characters that are involved in this story, that's really what it's about. That's what we were, what were we talking about on the episode yesterday about TV show? And I said something about depth of the characters. What show was that? Oh, it was uh, oh, Beth watches <laughs> oh, Young and the Restless. Young and the Restless soap like, operas. Soap operas. You can jump right in anytime, but honestly, you really want to understand, you need to go back to the beginning. Or at least read up on Wiki The Office and some yes. of your episodes this the week. The Office, yeah. yes. It's similar. I mean, The Office is a comedy. It's, you know, yes. who doesn't love The Office? But if you watched it from the beginning, you Beth really know, know those about people it. by the time you get done. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. Did you know that Beth doesn't know about The Office? Yeah, she she she's shocked. That's the only response. It's right. Silence. She doesn't exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And that's what and just to get shaming to, she, silence. Right. She and, doesn't she doesn't know so because no. that was the and I'm sure you heard Pat mentioning this, but for those that missed it, that Pat comes off as brilliantly funny because he's plagiarized the entire show. Oh my god. The entire time she's known him. 100%. It's not a bad strategy. And actually yesterday. <laughs> And there was an, I, whatever episode it was when Holly came back and Michael, yada, yada, and they were hugging and they were the huggy monster. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I did that yesterday in the kitchen. Oh my she God. went hysterical. Oh I'm my like, God. oh my God, you can never watch The Office because you're going to think I'm a legit fraud. <laughs> or a freak. Total fraud or freak. Whatever. But I, I see that's the same, same concept though. Yes. Because yes, it's absolutely fine to see it out of context, but Yes. The mm-hmm. whole thing makes it that much better. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do you, like, on the other, on, like, the legit, like, daily side of doing a podcast, like, just with, with the family and with everything, how, how do you facilitate coming up with what you talk about? And how do you get yourself away? I know we've talked technically, like, when you record things, you, like, yeah. grab a microphone and get under a blanket and you record yeah, things. it's true. I have a blanket for it. Right. Which, <laughs> which there, there are a lot of... True you, story. You, you go to YouTube and you find voiceovers for, like, some of the biggest yeah. movies. Some voiceover talent are... They're all over the world and they'll, like, legit get under a blanket. Or in yeah. a closet. Or in a closet to record their voiceovers. And so yeah. now you have, the, you have three kids under the age of 10. You yeah. and your husband, you're traveling. How do you facilitate that? That's craziness. 
Well, first of all, I would record in a closet, but I have a child who sleeps in our closet. So just, <laughs> just putting that out there. That's, he's sheltering in place. The next episode. <laughs> no, I mean, we're in a little two-bedroom apartment. Or whatever. That's <laughs> awesome. This is just normal now. Whatever. Uh, Great. No, but, but really, um, the biggest reason we're here in Massachusetts is my mother-in-law who's taken over. I mean, just the absolutely heroic... Uh, job of taking care of my kids Monday through Friday during the school day. And I think, you know, we were doing it back in Oakland without that support. And we had sort of patched together different things here and there. But I think what you hear in season two now, it's, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work we did in season one, but I think the production level has gotten a lot higher in season two. And we have only been able to do that because my mother-in-law has the kids during the day. And Mm -hmm you know, is doing a totally fabulous job of uh, not only making sure they get on their online classes, but supplementing that with, you know, helping them in areas of school that they need it. Just yeah. phenomenal. Um, during the day, I mean, now it's, you know, it's as of end of September when we got here, we, um, I wake up at 5 a.m. most mornings, which is something that I just started doing when we got here. I don't set an alarm, but it seems like Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's just who I am now. I'm just now a person who wakes up at 5 a.m. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know. Well, that's like 1 o'clock in your old life, right? Oh, my goodness. Basically, I can't even think about that. In the middle of the that. night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? Wake up in the middle of the night. At least, yes. yeah. This feels yes. great. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what that says about me. But, um, you know, it's dark here until, yeah. you know, we're pretty far north. So it's, especially now, it's dark until like seven o'clock. So I have two hours usually Mm. in the morning where it's totally dark. It's just me. Everybody's sleeping. And that's actually my best time of day to write. I found, um, usually week to week, we will have an idea of what the episode's going to be. And it's either a, um, an interview episode or what we've come to call the memoir episodes, which means it's more kind of like a personal essay. The one that came out yesterday was like that. So I'm not interviewing interviewing anyone. It's just me talking. And all of the episodes are written, they're scripted. And um, so it really is a matter at that point, once we know what the episode's going to be about, which we usually do you know, anywhere from three to six weeks out, we have some idea of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. At that point, there's a lot of, um, my first step is I write a crappy first draft. That's actually what I put on my to-do list <laughs> yeah. each week is write, write a, a crappy, crappy first, first draft. draft. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and it usually <laughs> is really crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, you know, that's not an exaggeration, but um, then at that point, I have something to work with, something to kind of start to flesh out and get a better idea of, okay, what's the what's the question I'm asking in this episode? What's the heart of this thing? Is there a story that I need to be telling to really, you know, capture what we're talking about? Or if it's an interview, then, you know, it, I obviously have to do the interviews. And mm-hmm. I should say we have interviews with all kinds of people. I mean, you know, educators and artists and musicians. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a physician who's now been named to Biden's task force and, you know, just very, very different people um, all over the place, all over the country. And I will integrate those conversations with that thread of the storytelling. So there's a lot of um, Nate and I will go for walks in the morning, oftentimes to just talk about the episodes and 
try to figure out how to make them better. And a lot of the work happens on those walks. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back and I'll do another draft and, you know, probably read it to him and then do another draft. And it's sort of on and on and on until I get a draft that I'm happy with and record it. And, you know, then the rest is the fun part, putting, putting it to music and all that stuff. Well, you mentioned earlier about just said something about just normal, what, what normal is, what a year ago, basically mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day, March 17th-ish, yeah. around here anyway, like normal completely changed. So mm-hmm. anybody that, that's doing anything now, they can call it their normal because it's, yeah. we're not going to go back to, right. I don't think we're going to go back to normal the way we no. knew it before mm-hmm. COVID for a really, really long time. Now, exactly. I, I think even if they, they said, they gave us the all clear, I think there's a number of people, there are a number of people, I should say, well, there is a number, yeah, there is a number, um, that are totally cowed. And scared mm-hmm. to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're petrified and, and I don't even think the all clear would be yeah. enough for them to go back to what it was, um, which is sad. I hate yeah. that because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you think about all the freedom, yeah. freedom of movement. Right. Um, and that has been changed probably forever for some people. Um, and hopefully not forever for everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that they can. They get things turned around. Hundred percent. So. Yeah, and for you guys, like moving mm, yeah. forward, what how close what becomes normal for you guys? Like, is normal for you moving back to California eventually, or are you going to stay in the East Coast? What are you going to do? I wish we knew. I, we honestly don't know the answer to that, and it's California. You know, it's, it's the question behind season two. You know, we um, I think we even said in our like video trailer months ago before we were even recording, before we knew really that we were going to be doing this. Um, you know, we said, we don't know how this is going to end. And that is true. Actually, yeah. we yeah. don't know. It's how, you know, we, we have that conversation probably at least a couple of times a week. It used to be every day, but we're just sort of living with the uncertainty of, you know, we loved Oakland. We own a home there. Our community is really, really deep there. We miss it. It was absolutely an, a, a huge heartbreak for us to leave, even though we knew, you know, what we were going toward being their family was wonderful, of course. But it's it's that continued uncertainty that I, I don't know about you guys, but I find that actually to be the most difficult, enduring thing about the pandemic. Certainly, there have been yeah. moments where there have been other things that have been more extreme, but it's yeah. that that underlying uncertainty of you just don't know what's going to happen and you can't really plan ahead very much Mm-mm. because yeah. life might look really different than you think it's going to, That's, or, you know, maybe yeah. it'll change or maybe True. it won't. And yeah, you're trying I to think, think, okay, six months from now we want to do X, Y, Z. And you're thinking, yeah, can we really, I don't know. Right. I'm not we don't know. Payment on yeah. That. Right. I, mean, I mean, travel plans, all that stuff. It's, weddings. It's like, how do you of, even yeah, do any of that right now? That are trying to do family reunions of sorts or weddings yeah. or right. Anything yeah. like that, it's like, well, I'm not going to reserve that hall. I'm not right. going <laughs> to. Exactly. Even businesses that have like have yeah. like uh, rooms for company meetings. It's like, well, okay. They don't even use those anymore. Right. Everything. Yeah. That, I don't think that's going back. I think that one thing that will change is the way people do business. I think so. Um, yeah, for they sure. They found out now we can accomplish what we need to accomplish remotely for Working a lot of businesses. Working from home isn't being lazy. It's right. being efficient. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that now we don't have to pay rent, no lease. And God, I gotta sit in my, my sweatpants all day, and I get at fat, home? and I don't feel like I'm fat. <laughs> you, you know what I they call those pants, pants we used to wear, right? What have you heard this? No. Hard pants. 
What are all oh, the hard pants? <laughs> the ones we'd have to wear to the office are hard pants. If it doesn't have spandex, I love ain't it. that great. <laughs> They're hard, hard pants. Who would wear that? I wouldn't. I don't. I never want. I don't want know if we're ever pants. going back to hard pants. Never. <laughs> I love hard it. Hard pants. I haven't heard of hard pants, but that's awesome. Oh my god! So real quick here too, as far as the East Coast where you're at, how closed down are you guys in your area? Well. Pretty closed down. Uh, you know, my my in-laws are in their 70s, so we've all been pretty careful. I mean, I, you know, our family, even though in Oakland, I, I feel like it's not been that different throughout the pandemic because Oakland was one of the, the Bay Area, I should say, was one of the places that was kind of, uh, they shut down early and they've been definitely on the conservative conservative end of that. And now, you know, they're, they're shut down even more now I hear, yeah. but um, I think this area has been similar, maybe not quite as extreme, but it's, you know, you can go to the grocery store or you can go to CVS, but you, uh, when we first got here, they did have some restaurants open and now I'm pretty sure all that stuff is closed. I, I should say, I haven't tried to go to a restaurant in a long time, but um, we did go, initially when we got here for my husband's birthday once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, know. you know, what's funny so with our mass on six and, feet apart and all and that. And on the other side of like from the restaurant's perspective, mm-hmm. a year ago, they would never think that these restaurants that are now not, not, I mean, thriving, some of them are with takeout and with curbside pickup. They would never right. think that would be their bread and butter, but there are multiple people that I know personally yeah. that are do- making more money now yeah. than they wow. were before. And it's just, it's just, it's a new normal. Because, you know, thank goodness somebody is honestly, because so many places have had, I mean, one of our favorite places in our neighborhood in Oakland, this, this place, 4505 uh, barbecue, it's, just wonderful outdoor seating. I mean, not big enough to do six feet apart outdoor seating, but it was, you know, kind of like the first really cool restaurant that had moved to our neighborhood and everybody was going all the time. And that was one of the places that shut down, mm-hmm. you know, oh. a few months into the pandemic. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that somebody is thriving. So I, think, I think a lot of it too is each state is different. Each mm-hmm. city is different, obviously. Yeah. Um, some places they won't allow that. That yeah. drive through. Nope, you mm-hmm. can't open your doors. You're not cooking. We're closing you down. It's I mean, just so sad. It's just sad. So sad. And here, at least they allowed them. You know, if you want to do, I mean, they they were doing alcohol deliveries for Pete's sake. I mean, really? Oh, yeah. Like, right. you know, like yeah. Who, yeah. What, for opening container in a car, whatever. That's gone because they were <laughs> you know, bringing you can do it out in Montana, right? <laughs> right, in Nebraska. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Can you do just, it in Nebraska too? Just bring well, you can crack open a brewski you while you're driving in South Nebraska. South 144th Street, whatever. apparently. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. My friend in Montana told me you can you can drink a beer while driving in Montana. I mean, you could never in Nebraska have a out like an alcoholic beverage without it being no. sealed or whatever. But now it's like, well, when was it? When did they change the law? Like in 1980, I think is when they changed that law. Probably because I I remember my dad having a beer. Well, well my dad stopped drinking beer when we were driving. <laughs> okay, so I remember when like the law 82. went in. I didn't you're, say anything you're, you're about that. Under the bus here, isn't it? His anniversary, <laughs> 2004. <laughs> <laughs> it was usually he would have a beer while I was sitting on his lap driving. Whatever. I was I was little. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Dad. I just outed you on the radio. That's right, you did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just what he deserves. My gosh. <laughs> it's, it's him and every other person in that town I grew up with. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, we appreciate you coming on our podcast. Yeah, thanks, Oh, Laura. this has been so fun. This yeah. has been great. And, and encourage people to check out your podcast. Um, and we're really glad to have you in the network. What's your website, Laura? It is shelterinplacepodcast.info. Awesome.
Got Laura, it. thank you for everything you guys are doing. It's awesome. We're big fans. Thank you. It's You've so great it. to talk to you. Thanks, great. Laura. Thank you. We'll see ya. Bye. Uh, so it's Pat and JT. PatandJT.com takes yeah. you to our Herd App Media website for yeah. our podcast. You can go to It's Pat and JT, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thanks, too. Pat and JT Podcast. A Herd App Media Production.